Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello once again to everybody on this wonderful night of August 8th, 2020, and we're repeating Thursday on August 13th, and that's in the morning, 6 a.m. Pacific time, or if you're in Hawaii, well, it's really early, isn't it? But we are glad to receive so many wonderful people from all around the globe. It is most remarkable. Tonight's subject is a fixed star, Sirius. It's the brightest star in the sky. And it's conjunct the United States natal sun. Fixed stars, they move very slowly. That's why they're fixed. And it's approximately one degree every 72 years. Now, where's the sun? And astrology is all about cycles. So this makes a lot of sense. The In our talk here, and information to learn for some of you and others, yeah, oh yeah, I got it down. So the sun moves at one degree a day. I mean, it's 365 days that it goes around so and there's 365 anyways one degree a day approximately it happened to be that the at the time of the united states in 1776 the sun and sirius were joined together so without any more we will have time for Cosmic Collaboration. Investigating the deeper questions of this month's archetype and integrating spirit and matter for unified wholeness, this is your Cosmic Collaboration panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Shannon Hayes, a certified evolutionary astrologer and consultant, including Mayan astrology. I'm a stargazer, and I work with animal spirit cards. I own a hair salon, I'm a nature lover, animal activist, and photographer. And I'm Amanda Pierce, a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new realities and shifting old paradigms. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, you are the entire ocean in a drop. Yes, we are. And you know, the sun rules Leo, and we're in the Leo archetype. I needed to say that because even though the Sirius and our natal sun of the United States is in Cancer, anything that the sun touches, well, touches, it connects with, expands that energy. So one other factor is that Back in 1776, the founders 
wanted to, well, they actually voted on the Declaration of Independence on July 2nd. And that was when Sirius, the star, the brightest star in the sky, and the sun were exactly at 11 degrees and 22 minutes cancer. But it was two days later that the signatures from the president who happened, of Congress happened to be John Hancock and the secretary, Charles Thompson, actually signed it and then later all everybody else did. So with me, I have Amanda Pierce and Shannon Hayes. And this history is quite remarkable that, uh, you know, every year, the sun and Sirius actually conjunct because of the precession of equinoxes. You know, they went from 11 degrees to now uh, Sirius is 14 degrees, five minutes, whereas our natal sun is 13 degrees, 19 minutes. Now, all those are details, details, but the fact is that it's an orb and it connects right at our uh, July 4th around that date. Hi, Amanda. Or yes, Chad. hello. <laughs> good <Hi>. morning. <laughs> or good good evening. evening. Yeah. yeah, good evening. I guess good morning. Morning. Good evening, good morning. The sun is shining. Yeah, I, I think it's really fascinating that the the intention really was for the our founding fathers to line up uh, the USA chart astrologically with Sirius. And they intended it, the, our Independence Day to be July 2nd. And we even know that through uh, one of John Adams' letters to his wife, Abigail, stating like July 2nd is going to be an incredibly yeah. important date. Um, but it just, that's just not how it really panned out. But even so, Sirius is still just two degrees from the USA sun. So it's still quite infused with the Sirius energy. One degree, actually, 14 now, and because of the, we're natally at 13.19. I mean, it's close with all those numbers, it gets that. Isn't it interesting, too, that our founders, several of them were astrologers, George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, and Thomas Jefferson. Of course, Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson, from what I read, actually were authors of the Declaration of Independence. But all three of them, it's it's established that they were of uh, significant you know, astrologers. They kept books and and Jefferson, when he contributed to start the Library of Congress, included many books of astrological significance. So you're right, this Sirius with the sun is so quite amazing. And that and that makes sense too because they were all Masons and the Masons really took the astrology seriously, you know. So yeah. Yeah, the yeah the Masons like yeah they use astrology quite a bit. I mean, it's even like you know if you look at like some of the, um, uh, oh my God, I feel like I'm talking through a tunnel. Sorry, um, <laughs> some of the symbolism on like the dollar bill and stuff. You know, like they they were into sacred geometry and um, uh, astrology as yes. Masons. So yeah, and I mean in, in the whole. Um, Sirius being the brightest star in the sky and it's being next to the United States. I mean, it, it, it's it, an interesting synchronicity and symbolism of, you know, where the, um, where the, fa the founding fathers of the constitution were coming from at the time of 
developing this um, this constant, you know, independence. You know, coming from the fact that they, you know, seriously fighting against repression of the British and trying to establish independence as a young, upcoming country. You know, and this was all even before, like you know, Civil War stuff too. So I mean, it's kind of messy. It wasn't Definitely. like, you know, it wasn't like um, an easy transition, but it was like full of hope and. Um, the light, you know, Sirius is definitely a high, magnet, bright magnitude star. It's the brightest star. So there was a lot of light and promise and hope, right? Yeah, and they knew <clears throat> that it was, along with that idea of Sirius, which in mythology is like we've realized all around the world. But of course, we first wrote a lot of our traditions in the Western world from Greece that also brought it from earlier uh, uh, cultures, I mean, Egypt, and way back, because Sirius was actually a, a star that was a high, high, oh, okay, I, I'm saying four things at once, sorry about that, but the heliacal <laughs> rise is today, right. yes. because it's invisible for 70 days, which yep. is like 35 days after the fourth, and, and 35 days before the fourth and what the masons knew was that this that the uh fourth was the second day of the dog days and that gets all into serious of uh, the greek mythology which i could go on but i bet one of you can carry it away yes well yeah well with the heliacal i mean today is the heliacal rise and what that actually the heliacal rise is when a planet rises before the sun so <clears throat> this is actually the brightest that um, Sirius will be without, because she, Sirius is before the sun. So it's the brightest time to be able to see Sirius in the sky. Yes. Which and is kind of interesting. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't really, the heliacal rise on the, uh, the, the, this heliacal rise has nothing to do really with where Sirius was at the time of the development of the Constitution. But it's interesting that the whole Lionsgate thing and the Heliacal Rise is now. Like Except that, <clears throat> right, it, very significant. That's very significant. But in a sense, it does because it shows it's part of the legacy of Sirius and why they would have chosen that time. Because it's bright, right. Well, and also because... Sirius was a marker for like the ancients. They had from 11,000 BC, there's evidence that when Sirius would rise was when the Nile River would flood. It was the hottest time of the year. And right. that is when all the food, of course, was abundant. I mean, not abundant, but it meant that they would have food with some Nile. They lived and breathed by the, the flooding of the Nile. And right. so Sirius became a very potent energy, which I, you know. Well, we, but because that would be when Sirius was the highest. Right now, this is not the highest point. The, this is Sirius rising before the sun. That's what I'm getting at. Is like the Constitution was written when Sirius was at its, like, what were you saying? Like, like it's when it's culminating. Isn't that what we were talking about the other day? 
Yeah, it was it kind was, of on a, on a fall from its culminating. Right now, Sirius is just starting to rise. That's okay. the only point I was well, making. All right. Yes, it's all significant in different ways. So right. not to argue about all of that or different. Right. It's just that the yeah. significance it today is significant because it is finally emerging. Right. Another way of describing it to our audience: emerging from the invisible uh, time that. Because when it's in the beams, in the rays of the sun, like yeah, Venus, like it. Mercury, it's unseen. But today is when it's first rising. So it's amazing that here we are talking about Sirius. It does have that 70 days where it's not seen. But Well, and to, today is not the actual day that it's first seen. I believe it's, it's closer to um, it's like the, the summer the, solstice. The, 25th no the summer no, is when it begins between, it goes yeah. into that uh, into that invisible time right and now it's coming out of that it's coming time out of it yeah fourth is the center of it oh i see what you're saying yeah okay, yeah yeah you see yeah. okay yeah so, so this, let's yeah. yeah so we'll go but that is partly why the the sirius was one of the measuring points for the Nile and for these cultures. And, you know, like Chinese called it the wolf uh, star and the Akkadians and the Hittites and the Babylonians and the Sumerians and all those peoples around the Nile and, and Egypt, they called it the dog star. And that's and, a fascinating part. Yeah, and the the term or the association of the dog is that it's in the Canis Major. I'm not sure right. if that's constellation. That yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The Horus yeah. or so Major, it's the, which is the the dog constellation. And so, right. and at least that's in the the Greek tradition. That's what it was called. But again, like Stu was mentioning, it this goes this dog reference is all throughout the Middle East, but also you can see it in China with the calling the star the wolf, it's a, some type wolf. of wolf. And then even in um, the Native American cultures, they there was reference to the star being a dog. Yeah. Yes. So it's so this like there's there's definitely something that uh, different cultures are pulling from the the kind of dog energy of this. Star. And the constellation of the dog is not just a random uh, constellation, but it's at the foot of Orion. And so there's a lot of mythologies, you know, to understand these stars. And they were a reference point of context for many, many, not just to go sightseeing, which I like to do. I'm at night and it's, oh, I'm sightseeing with the stars. But for their life, it was, it meant life and death, literally, like navigating and with, um, uh, the seasons, you know, agriculture and everything. So, yeah, the dog. And didn't we find out that they really considered the dog a female? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. yeah. In ancient Egypt, they were serious was incredibly important to Egyptian religion. And it's the, it's actually the only star that's known with certainty to be in the Egyptian records. And it was, it was, Sirius was connected to Isis and it was a, 
it was a connection to fertility and abundance. And that completely makes sense because when Sirius would rise, that's when the Nile would flood. And so that is, that's their connection to the, the food source and life. Really, it was a life bringer. And fertility, right. exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, because, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, yeah, when the floods came, it actually, since it, that area tended to be kind of dry when the, when it would flood, it actually brought, it brought food, it brought the, you know, the greenery, it brought growth to things like their, their food source. That's why they're flooding was so important. Yeah, they depended on it. They and depended it, on flooding. Yeah, and Sirius is a binary star. It has two right. parts, A and B. And in the Egyptian uh, culture, because looking back at history, for anybody that of our audience that is fascinated with it, it is most extraordinary to see the interconnection of these different cultures throughout time because they share the same concepts, but of course name it their own names. But for Egyptians, Isis was this goddess of fertility. Fertility, yeah. And Horus, H-O-R-U-S, was the sun. The sun. And so when they would mate and be together, it was fertility. And the star, there's, and I don't know if the mythology well, is Osiris actually was actually the the partner of Isis. It was well, Isis. that's true. But I've also read about Horus, but you're right. Yeah, and exactly. yeah, and Osiris is Orion, right? So that's like what you were talking about earlier. So the two stars together, and they are conjunct closer together at different times. I think in 1993, they were last conjunct, and that's when the Berlin Wall fell down. And when one reads about it, it is very closely related to freedom, even though often one considers Sirius connected with the energies of Mars and Jupiter. So they can either be very benevolent or very bad also, you know, like the heat of the sun. It's very beautiful and it gives all, you know, at that time with the flood flooding of the Nile or else it's pretty harsh and hot because those are the dog days are notoriously hot. Yeah, the the fixed stars are there. It's a very ancient system. And anyone familiar with the the older astrologies knows that there's a lot of negativity associated with some of the interpretations. And so you'll find that a lot with the fixed stars. Uh, which does not mean that you can't take a more modern approach to it. But Sirius is one of those stars that is uh, has a lot of positivity associated with it. And so it's, it's one of those sought after connections. And some of the things that Sirius is associated with is honor, renown, wealth, ardor, faithfulness, devotion, passion, and it's supposed to make natives custodians, curators, and guardians. Oh, that gets down to why the Masons wanted it. And I was mm -hmm. reading. It very much makes sense for the U.S. The, prin right? the prince of the kings of earth. That, that I think that was Virgil or Homer that was um, saying that. Yeah, because the ancients really thought it was very great. And anything. Yeah, the the meeting of the sun and Sirius? Is that what yes, you're talking about? Yes, because anything yeah. later was uh, 
by later it would have been AD. You know, it may have gotten different connotations, but but then technology changes and everything, and so maybe the hotness became uh, an issue. Interestingly, the English word for sir is derived from Sirius. Sirius, yeah. I think well, Amanda. You know, Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say uh, what you were talking about, like in other ancient civilizations, right? They also believed that the meeting of the sun and Sirius, because Sirius was the brightest night star, was a significator of illumination and it, a time when light and truth would be shed on the world, right? So it was said to bring about a new evolution or way of being, which totally, you know, like a rebirth for all those living on earth and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, this, you know, and it said that it was considered to be the son of the sun. So, I mean, it just kind of ties into oh. like the mindset, right, between what the founding fathers had in mind, you know, like, I mean, it just shows the like the level that there was consciousness on many different levels of the founding fathers. You know, they weren't just simple guys that picked a random date. They had a lot of knowledge and ancient wisdom behind them which is really fascinating because um i mean sirius is definitely uh you know was considered an illuminator of the spiritual world so you know it's just kind of fascinating i guess and with the uh shannon i know that you've particularly looked uh into the lakota of the sacred hoop and it is a star of the sacred hoop. It is. It's across from the Pleiades, and it actually crosses. And I was just looking at a picture of that too. It's um, so it's across from the Pleiades, and it crosses basically um, the Milky Way, which the Milky Way was considered the path of the souls, and um, Sirius happens to be because of, of its connection with the crab archetype, the crab and the across from the crab is the capricornius right so those angles not only do they have to do with like the the solstices right but they also have to do with like a, a, a silver and a gold um hoop that where souls enter and exit from the planet so it's it's a it's like a major cross on the sacred hoop and it's also on the other side of that is the Gemini Sagittarian axis, which is the galactic center. So it's just kind of fascinating. They're yeah. the two crossing points of the Milky Way, right? Yeah, two hoops that are on either side of the sacred hoop, which goes right in the middle where this, like another, like the, it crosses, the sacred hoop crosses the Milky Way, which is the path they consider the path of the souls, I guess. Yeah, there's quite yeah, a few just, stars. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's quite a few t stars. Yeah, it's just one of, I thought, one of the many interesting kind Well, of it has a legacy. And again, the uh, Lakota, back in the days of not that long ago, when you consider it was just 100 years ago, there right? was still probably a real native population that followed their traditions. But in uh, the Dakotas, for three months, they felt the the stars would come down to earth in a path and they would have this sacred journey experiencing this energy throughout it so it's a that's in the um, black hills um, mm. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Um, as the Christians called devils, devil's tower, but used right? to be the bears den or the bears. Yes. Uh, bears. Yeah. It's just fascinating. So yes, it's, it's, there's, it, yeah. it is powerful energy and the United States was connected with this hope of freedom. And in so many ways it connects to our natal, that idea of freedom, freedom for all, which we'll get into it, the, how this could mean for the United States and maybe our, our mission to try to understand our current times that are trying to really connect with some of these dreams because our south node is in Aquarius. Our moon is in Aquarius. The rising sign is in Sag. I mean, that baby, that's like freedom here, please, for everybody. So we'll and, see what. <laughs> and I right? just want to come back to the sacred hoop um, that the ancient Egyptians, they believed that Sirius was the doorway to the afterlife. And that doorway was thought to be closed during the 70 days that Sirius was hidden by the sun. So the 35 days before or after July 4th, um, relatively around there. And right. so they refused to bury their dead during that time when Sirius was hidden. So it's like on the other side of the world, we have a similar tradition in place. And where was that again, Amanda? That was ancient Egypt. Oh, yes. Refused to yeah. bury the dead during then. And mm -hmm. again, it is this incarnation of spirits coming from the universe and then returning to the universe i've always heard of one as being the silver hoop and the other the golden hoop and but it's so amazing you think people they travel by sea you wonder who really connected with some of these ideas that then told their stories to others you know or how it all worked well mm -hmm. i think we're right at a time, unless some, we have about a minute. Otherwise, we'll go for our little getaway. But did somebody have a finishing thought they wanted to add? Da -da 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 -da. Okay, we will return. This is August 8th, the day of the heliacal rise of Sirius. It connects to the United States natal sun. And I have Shannon Hayes and Amanda Pierce with myself, Suvaros Minahan. And we're so glad you're here. We'll see you in a few moments. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Leo, ruled by the solar sun. Having departed from a cycle based on the internal process of emotional attachments requiring security and safety, the energy of Leo externally manifests our legacy through children and artistic creations. As a fixed Yang fire sign that desires to ignite actualization, Leo the lion takes the risk to generously exhibit love and welcome all to share their stage with joyous pleasure for living life. Hello, this is Kathleen Talevich, Physiosynthesis Instructor, and you are listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, hosted by Sue Rose Minahan, every Saturday from 6 to 7 PM.
Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Hello, we're so glad to get together again with you and hope that your week is going along in a fruitful manner. This is August 8th and we repeat on the 13th on KKNW. You can get that or else just go to Talk Cosmos, subscribe. And we're also on podcast one. And this is talking about with the cosmic collaboration with Amanda Pierce and Shannon Hayes and myself, Sue Rose Minahan, talking about Sirius, the fixed star that is the brightest star and connected to the United States sun because of our founding fathers that were astrologers that really were geared to hope that we would have a promising existence from that fledgling colonies that was leaving the motherland of England. You know, I was looking at quite a bit other uh, um, uh, uh, mythology, which we can bring back later, because it is most amazing. Because here it says, it is Orion who leads the constellations as they speed over the full circuit of the heavens. This was given by uh, Manilus. Well, I'm not quite sure who Manilus is, but it says, at his heels falls the dog outstretched in full career. No star comes on mankind more violently or causes more trouble when it departs. Oh, dear. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So let's see. Um, in ancient times, a dog star's evening rising occurred in early January. Well, that's hardly here. Well, you know, you could go, oh, it says a brilliant constellation of the dog. It barks forth flame. Now, when was this written? Here I am suddenly finding something, and it's like I did not research. I apologize. But it does say with the sun, and I think Amanda brought this up earlier, but we'll just connect with it. Success in business. Occupation connected with metals or other martial affairs, that's because of Mars, that energy. Domestic harmony, if rising or culminating, which I think uh, Shannon brought up that we had discussed, and that all has to do at certain times of the year, if it's rising on the ascendant or culminating at the top of the heavens, the highest point, kingly preferment. Well, it is with our sun, and our sun is in the seventh house in Cancer. Hmm. And I think as we were mentioning in our chart, we have a natal square with Saturn and Libra. And I, before I let go of this thought, I'll say that Saturn and Libra, according to the traditional thinking, is a very prominently good place for Saturn to be in. It's a um, good negotiations. It's the uh, it's a very fr- um, positive placement mediator. Yeah, I think yes. One and, of the least bad placements <laughs> for Saturn. Right. What? Yeah, the least bad. Well, you know, it really, because it, there Saturn. needs to be structure. You know, Saturn has wonderful attributes. It just needs to be used. And if yeah, you don't it use it, it's not, it, then it's not so good. But It right. just takes With, a little work. You just yeah. like, you got to put in a little work to get the good yeah. out of it. That's Absolutely. right. Saturn oh, likes was, work. And yeah. I, before we end, that's it, because Nadia Shaw, a wonderful astrologer who has a fantastic YouTube and has been in 
renowned and as a uh, uh, international speaker, I'm just taking a class from her, and she was just mentioning that Saturn squ squ squares, not Saturn, but squares in a chart means success, that it means I'll show you. And so it's where that energy succeeds. And I know uh, Dr. Laura Tad, who's also with the Planet Buzz, gives talks on the fact that it's really a positive aspect. Yes, it has challenges. It's not just easy measy, but it means that it's productive. You have to resolve something. So here we have right. the United States sun and Sirius square our natal Saturn in Libra. And I think that's in the 10th house. So I have yeah. something interesting. Oh, go ahead, Amanda. Oh, well, I was just going to, um, I was just going to mention that our, the U S is natal sun is at 13 series is at, is at 11. But transiting Sirius has now moved, um, or it's not quite transiting. It's just through the position of the equinoxes. It's now moved to about 14. And so hmm. that is now in an exact square with our Saturn at 14. Exactly. So that's yeah. part of why we're seeing a little more activation around Saturn. A little. That's a... <laughs> Yeah, kind of an understatement right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so you can see Saturn, which really wants um wants you to to be the authority and stand in your own stand in your own authority and be the mature uh, energy. It's kind of pushing back against Sirius and asking for that that um, commitment from it. Or it mm -hmm. might be also asking the sun for that commitment because the sun in cancer can, you know, the difference between Saturn and the moon, and of course uh, the moon is ruling cancer, is that of timing. And it could be the child versus the elder, or it could be needy. I mean, there's always positive and different fraction, I mean, factors of how to interpret it, you know, so... Yeah. Well, right. and, and natally we, the U S has had that energy of the sun square Saturn at sun at 13, Saturn at 14. So it's been, that's been a steady, um, 13, 11, it was conjunct is the point, but now it's 13 because the sun hasn't changed. It's still 13, but at 14. Right. the sun hasn't changed. Right. Saturn hasn't changed. So that square energy has been consistent throughout the U.S.'s existence. But with Sirius kind of moving in a little bit closer to that Saturn, it's when when the sun is conjunct Sirius, it's considered, Sirius is considered the guide star right. in the chart. And so it really is, um, you can see a lot of this, a lot of the, the Sirius energies um, coming through in the U.S., and it's kind of fused with the sovereignty of the sun and like the full expression of the U.S. And especially around like the liberation and the freedom, that's those are often connected to Sirius. And so we're kind of seeing that a bit in the U.S., how things are playing out in the U.S. with um, for everybody. They want it for everybody. everybody. Right? Yeah. yeah, and like yeah. the... The kind of struggle with some people not wanting to to wear a mask 
um, because it infringes upon their freedom. Right. And so, and so Saturn is like pushing against and it's restricting and it's saying, okay, well, we have to do this in a more mature way. Yeah. Well, of course, that's exactly. I know Shannon wanted to say something, but in response to that, it is interesting you brought up the masks because there's protests. I mean, it's not just because we have Mars in Aries for six months because it will be retrograde in September. There's so many cycles and energies and conjunctions, you know, that we've been talking about through week to week, but also that we recognize when we look that are that we're all collectively experiencing but i would say that getting prepared for our pluto return which will be in about six years uh because or five years it will or a few years i'll have to look at that exactly that's right it may not be for five or six it may be closer than that because it's only 27 might be about three years that it's going to be but the point is is that this I think the the square with the politics that are happening now is everything about the both the corporation and the business, which we've brought up before in our own talk, and also the right and the dignity, thinking of this of the sun in cancer to care for every individual that they have a home, that they have survival that they're safe and they're included yeah and that's right. a type of freedom too to be able to have that that level of safety so that's a different way of looking at how can we be free in this world and you mentioned mars mars is really it's in it's at 21 aries right now so it's really kind of in that square it's opposing saturn it's the natal one the, the natal the natal Oh, are you talking about natal or transiting? I'm talking about transiting Mars is opposing the U.S.'s natal Saturn and squaring our natal Sun and Sirius. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. So it's 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 totally activating it. Yeah. Well, you know what I was. okay. so what I wanted to say, I mean, even though it's like kind of wide, but so I threw a chart like in the the Civil War, right? April 12th, like 1861. And actually, the south node of that chart is 17 Cancer. So it's actually like the Sirius, I mean, even though Sirius moves really slow and stuff, it's like it's still kind of hovering around that. And that was like our Civil War. Now, when did the Civil War start? I thought it started in 1960 or 61. What? 60? 1861. Oh, it was 18. Well, so, I meant- yeah, 1861. It was in April. Oh, it April was. Tw- April 12th, 1861 was the beginning of the Civil War. Okay. Like that was when the Oh, now I know started. because south nodes go retrograde down. So if it was 17, right. it's applying. Right. It's applying. that. Um, right. Yes. Four degrees. Yeah. So, of course, the sun was conjunct. It's a little bit right? far for a star. A star is usually, the orb is, was serious, officially, right. it's, it's two slower, degrees, right? 40 yeah. minutes. But still, it's applying, just like if we go right. backwards, it was, you know, they're, they're in orb. It's like that energy is growing. Like Amanda said, right now, it's exact, you know, serious and 
Right. Well, and in this chart, you have you have um, Mars just pat Mars is um, it's kind of separating from Saturn. Saturn's like three degrees um, uh, Virgo, and Mars in this chart is six degrees Gemini. Mean. So you have more of the Mars action happening at that time. Well, I mean, and that Mars rules like, you know, the sun and Venus in the chart of the Civil War. I mean, it's just kind of interesting. So similar things. You mean similar, similar because Mars in itself, regardless. It, are you referring to the right. just to clarify for the audience that Mars is a contender energy here, just like Mars oh, yeah. is in our natal and and right, right. always does have action but right now it's quite yeah. potent it's highlighted yeah it's very potent. okay all right yes. well very good thank you um looking at what well i'm just thinking about what the promise was and realizing that it's a well oh, i know what i'm thinking too because i'm thinking of that natural energy if sirius looking at the fertility element of it and the women that are so associated with it from ancient days because of the river flooding and the significance there and the dog uh of her in other words a, perhaps a female dog uh it, a, um, the constellation you know because it is Sirius is in the um, major dog, Canis. Canis means dog. Right. Large dog, because there is a little dog. That's that's a point for people that don't know about their constellations. Uh, but the point is that... Um, oh, boy, I just got lost there talking about stars out in the sky. Sorry about that, folks. Let's see. Amanda, or what were we saying? Yeah. Well, okay, so when we had discussed this previously, we were talking about um, the rise of, of women's voices right oh, now. Oh, yes, that's right. it. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and how that for tying it together. Back to serious. Yeah. And Their contribution and kind of, now. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's been the Me Too movement and and we're, we have the potential for the first female vice president. Um, so we're seeing that that come through and with that square into, into Saturn, um, it's the way I see it is kind of like, it's a, a maturation of that, that energy and the kind of a balancing because we've got Saturn in yes. Libra, which is all about finding right. balance. Very and typically right. when you have a when you have a planet or anything in Libra, there's not any balance. You're searching no. for right. it, you're trying to find it. And yeah. so this is kind of trying to find that rebalancing um, uh, and and create a little more equality. Well, yeah, because when the Constitution was founded, it was founded by men and women didn't have the right to vote then. And there was still like slavery was what created was what started the whole civil war. Right. It was like the northern some of the northern states and some of the southern territories that weren't necessarily states yet, you know, 
that was a huge thing. And that's what's happening now. And that's why I even brought up the Civil War, because it was another time like it. I mean, highly activated by similar events that are happening now. But similar things that were going on that like they were trying to deal with back in those days that we're still dealing with now. It's like you see like some of our past really being um, played out in our faces for us to look at. So it's also that kind of shadow side of, well, not even shadow. I mean, it's serious being the illuminator, you know, it's right. con conjunct to... the sun and it's time to look at this stuff. This is Absolutely. Like part of our past is being exposed to us. So th the promise is to make better changes. Like you said, to include everyone. Yep. And it's history. You know, as you were history, as you were yeah. talking here, I just realized, of course, Saturn, Capricorn, it it's it's not in Capricorn, but it is a natural ruler. But even so, it's Saturn is traditions and yep. it's history is involved. And he, that's been the problem too, is a lot of history is told by whoever writes it and it's not all inclusive and we how can we really know our the truth of what the issues are that need to be corrected or rectified or or made whole so i'm really thrilled to realize that too i think that's really significant to find out like for instance june night um juneteenth juneteenth when mm. Trump was going to have that rally on the 19th. And we found out all about that history. I don't think that was included in our books at U.S. history or anything like that, which I found quite distressing. Yeah, so, and, and really, you're speaking about the like the, the massacre in Tulsa. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah, and, and that was a lot of people found out about that through the HBO TV show. Oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was it was broadcast, I think, earlier this year. It was last year. Like oh. in it, that was a big part of the show. And I that's where a, a, lot of, a lot of <laughs> white people learned about this. Yes. Like, it was not taught to me. It wasn't, and then, it's not in any history books. And then majority. Thank you, Amanda. And then going back to the Lakotas, also about history, the the whole Native American cultures looking at like when they when people talk about the Dakotas being so sacred, who would have thought of this three month journey that people took for their holistic spiritual self? It's such a fantastic. Um, but pilgrimages, I mean, it's like so many different yes. civilizations do pilgrimages you know and the native americans the lakotas and some of the other tribe you know tribal peoples also did it out in the black hills because the sacred hoop lines up to um the um well what the christians call devil's tower but that was that's when they would do their pilgrimages when it lined up with the actual which is another thing you the know devil's tower have, right yeah i'm i'm triggered here i can tell so i will tone it down a little we are <laughs> in the north node of gemini and the south node of sag so of course that's cultures and belief systems of sag that's where we're coming from and opinions people we all think that perhaps our opinion is the best 
Be, but the fact is with the opposing North node that we're going towards more information, readjusting, mutable, they're both mutable, the new thought. And, and curiosity, Gemini is yeah. about being curious and open Very to other. change and differences. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. So I'm thinking that uh, here with the, um, oh, let's see, what did I get triggered about? I, I get so Mm, trying to fill in the details. I should just plow forth, but I'm trying to have people follow me in my thought because I'm thinking about the, 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 the Native American heritage. Oh, darn, I'll have to think about it again. Just well, can I just say, please, the, the HBO TV show is called Watchmen and it's, it's brought oh. to life the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre. Just to, oh. just to fill in those details. Oh, cool. Well, I mean, that's how that's how we learn, though, is through history, you know. And it's true. It's yeah. like you know what? It's like the winners of wars usually are the ones who write history, right? Yeah. But exactly. eventually, the truth comes out. So you know, people like thanks to archaeologists, thanks to you know people that are historians. You know, people who dig deeper to find the real truth, things turn up, you know, all the time. Oh, I it's know. Like Thank new you. New discoveries constantly. So, you know, the truth will come. I, oh, yes. But go for it. Well, thank you, Shannon, because truth reminded me of the South Node, <laughs> which is which is Sagittarius. But then I thought of the devil. Lord, are you on a racetrack? No, well, that's it. Well, the racetrack is what didn't that what you said that the hoop was right? called? It's a racetrack. Well, racetrack. yes, I am on the racetrack because you know what? It goes around Devil's Tower. And right. that's what makes me so mad. Is why should it be called Devil's Tower? It should not be called devil's tower and that's another part of history getting rectified yeah and the only reason in fact i read this someplace they said if you ever find any of these uh devil things around anywhere in the united states you know that it was christianity that came along and named of course. it course and so yeah. therefore i think that needs to be another movement is people going and rectifying them back to the truthful heritage of their sacred identity that had much more information than maybe people even, well, definitely that people even consciously are aware of. It could reconnect us. And that's really, I think, what all of this about Sirius and the stars that our founders wanted was for us to offer this buoyant beauty to everybody. And slowly, just like the Civil, the Civil War and the the revolution it wasn't easy stuff now hopefully we can manage to uh, uh, uh avoid violence and just keep it on a mental idea of negotiating right <laughs> well you know what you're talking about um what was it you're talking about earlier i think amanda brought it up about um, the berlin wall and everything coming oh down, yeah i right? did mm -hmm. so uh, so nixon resigned on August 9th, 46 years ago, like, so tomorrow is the, like, what anniversary, 46th anniversary of Nixon resigning. Wow. Interesting. Interesting, huh? I mean, there's a yeah, like, serious contact with, you know. And, you know, every 47 years is when the sun returns to the same spot 
I mean, not sun, but Mars goes back to the same, one of the same spots um, 46 years ago that it was in relationship with the sun. Because in your natal horoscope, it would be like 15 years old and 47. As we know, that can be a perilous year sometimes for a few people. Yeah, well, that was for Nixon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was good, good for the country, bad for Nixon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Just to remind folks, this is the Leo Cosmic Collaboration Panel. And I'm Sue Rose Minahan. And with me as members are both Amanda Pierce and Shannon Hayes of Seattle, Washington. And you can go to Talk Cosmos and see on the guest list there information how to reach them. We all three consult. We are astrologers, among other uh, activities. And you can subscribe, too. And so thank you. First of all, we're not signing off, but we do so appreciate your interest and look forward to a time when we can interconnect more. So we are talking about Sirius, the fixed star, the brightest star in the sky that is conjunct the United States sun. Yep. On August 8th and the 13th. So and we have, so there was, go ahead. There was one other thing that um, you briefly mentioned in the beginning is that we're in the period of the Lionsgate portal right now, which is from July 26th to August 12th. And today, August 8th is the peak of that portal, meaning it's the, um, there's the most energy uh, and magic available for it's the portal is about accelerated ascension and major shifts on all levels. The reason I'm bringing it up is because it coincides with the helical rise of Sirius. So it's again, another, um, another significator of how important Sirius is and kind of the magic that's available with Sirius. And Sirius was also considered a Bahenian star which is a star that was used for magical purposes in astrology. Oh, didn't you bring it up that it's one of the 15 fixed stars in that ideology of Arab? Is that what you're referring to? There are 15 Bahenian fixed stars. So 15 stars that are considered to be useful for magic. So and Sirius is one of those. Yeah. Well, it certainly has a legacy of of great renown and for real reason. I was so surprised to see here it is. It says that, um, I'll read it. It's risings and settings were regularly tabulated in Chaldea about 300 BC. And Opert, who's back in old days, whoever, O-P-P-E-R-T, reported to have recently said the Babylonian astronomers could not have known certain astronomical periods, which as a matter of fact, they did know if they had not observed Sirius from the island of Silos, Z-Y-L-O-S, in the Persian Gulf on, how they know this, I don't know, Thursday, the 29th of April, 11,542 BC. That's antiquity. Yeah, You are both Amanda Pierce and Shannon Hayes, marvelous, and we love our audience. We love you. We hope everybody has a wonderful week, the best possible, as we all transmute these changes. And subscribe. We'll be back again every month and every week. So I'll let you guys know. We have a couple of seconds. 
I think we, this goes on for about a minute, but with our music background. So if you both want to say goodbye. <laughs> well, this has been fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I love connecting with you guys and with the audience. So excited for next month. <laughs> yeah, very exciting. Great talk. It's always fun to hook up. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, yeah the depth goes on. All right. Well, bon voyage, folks. Take care. Lots of love. <laughs>